Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. MIDI specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. You're listening to Wake Up Call On Demand from KFI AM 640. KFI and KOST HD2, Los Angeles, Orange County. It's time for your morning wake-up call. Here's Amy King. It's 5 o'clock. Good morning. This is your wake-up call for Friday, September 29th. I'm Amy King. Thrilled that you're with us this morning. Gotta say I'm a little bummed, though, as we start this Friday, driving in. It's cloudy this morning, so I didn't get to see the supermoon. Saw a pretty cool moon the night before, and like on Wednesday morning, Wednesday morning it was nice, but not full, and it wasn't the super moon, which just peaked. So, last one of the year. Hey, it's National Coffee Day. I got my coffee. We'll tell you about uh, where you can get some free stuff and extra goodies all over the place. Here's what's ahead on the wake-up call. Governor Newsom has signed a bill that will require employers to pay fast food workers in the state at least 20 bucks an hour. The wage increase takes effect April 1st. 83% of employers say they're going to increase menu prices to cover the costs. The Senate and House have advanced bills to avoid a government shutdown this weekend. That is looking more likely by the hour. The deadline to prevent that shutdown is midnight tomorrow. We're going to be talking to ABC's Stephen Portnoy about the implications of a shutdown in just a couple of minutes. Hey, the Pacific Air Show takes off in the skies over Huntington Beach today. The main events this weekend will feature the Air Force Thunderbirds and the F-22 Raptors demonstration team. At 6.05, it's handled on the news. Some lawmakers are calling on Governor Newsom to suspend the gas tax as gas prices continue to skyrocket in California. Let's get started with some of the stories coming out of the KFI 24-hour newsroom. A 13-year-old in Burbank has been arrested for allegedly threatening to shoot up his middle school. Police say they found out about it on social media Wednesday night, threatening Luther Burbank Middle School. 
The student was cited for making criminal threats and released to his parents. They turned over the toy gun seen in the social media post. Striking actors say they won't back down as SAG-AFTRA heads to the negotiating table with major studios. Actors are set to meet with studio executives Monday to try to work out a deal to bring an end to a strike that started in July. Actress Sean Richards says SAG-AFTRA's negotiating leaders will be standing their ground. At this point, if we've done it this long, why would we change our our tactic. They came back to us. The writers ended a nearly five-month-long strike Wednesday after approving a contract with the AMPTP that addresses most of their concerns. Chris Adler, KFI News. A man charged with killing his ex-girlfriend by throwing her over a balcony at her apartment in the Hollywood Hills has been found guilty. Prosecutors say Gareth Pursehouse broke into the woman's home on Valentine's Day 2020 and waited hours for her to get there. Dr. Amy Harwick had a restraining order against her ex. He's facing life in prison without parole. A guy walking his dog in Garden Grove has fatally shot a homeless man. He claims it was self-defense. Investigators say there was a fight before the shooting yesterday afternoon. Neighbors say they saw the homeless man sitting in the street moments earlier and had called police. A pit bull mix stolen from its owner at a 7-Eleven store in North Hollywood earlier this week has been returned. The dog was taken early Tuesday. His name was Drake. Uh, the dog was found yesterday at a sober living home in Orange County and was turned over to the sheriff's department. Court documents have revealed what investigators are looking at in the case of the man accused of killing four University of Idaho students. Search warrants have been issued for YouTube, PayPal, Apple, Spotify, and Amazon. The information being sought includes Brian Koberger's payment histories, viewed content, and channel analytics. The Amazon warrant requests activity related to knives and accessories. Prosecutors haven't said whether the murder weapon has been found. A congressional subcommittee has met over the wildfires in Maui. Reps from the Hawaii Public Utilities Commission and the State Energy Office, along with Hawaiian Electric CEO Shelley Kimura, answered questions about the events leading up to the fires on West Maui. Virginia Republican Congressman Morgan Griffith chaired the meeting yesterday. Do you know when, when you learned that the winds were going to be higher than you originally anticipated? I don't have that information right now. Did you get that to the committee after this hearing, obviously? Absolutely follow up. It's the first time a governing body's convened on the fires, which started August 7th. Steve Gregory, King of Fine News. Hines is planning to sell a limited number of ketchup and seemingly ranch bottles following Taylor Swift's appearance at a Kansas City Chiefs game. Oh, God, this continues. A fan posted a photo of Swift eating chicken tenders with ketchup and what the fan referred to as seemingly ranch Company reps say Heinz will be releasing 100 bottles because Taylor Swift's favorite number plus Travis Kelsey's number equals 100. And did you hear the uproar? She's apparently going to be at a game this weekend and ticket sales are soaring. She's going to go see her new guy, Kelsey, if he is her new guy, which remains to be seen. It's 5.06 on your wake-up call. Let's say good morning to ABC's Stephen Portnoy. Stephen, we're just two days away from a possible government shutdown. Where are we in avoiding the shutdown at midnight tomorrow? Well, it doesn't appear we're going to avoid it. Look, the House and Senate are on different pages. They need to get on the same page, and that hasn't happened yet. The deadline, it seems this morning, is very likely to come and go without a deal. The House of Representatives last night passed a full-year appropriations bill for the Defense Department and Homeland Security and the State Department, but it's those those measures are not likely to become law because they contain provisions, for example, uh, taking the Defense Secretary's salary down to a dollar, 
banning the use of funds for critical race theory, Why drag queen story that, hour. Steven? Because this is what they want to do. This is what they want to do. They want to listen. They they uh, uh, the funds would ban uh, gender affirming care, critical race theory, drag queen story hour, and they sent it to the Senate. That's what they did last night. The Senate is not going to send that bill to the president's desk, and they have to reconcile those differences. And by the way, uh, the key question really hanging over all of this is whether the United States is going to continue funding, and to what extent it will the effort to fend off Russian aggression in Ukraine. And right now. There remains a lack of agreement between the two sides and amongst Republicans in the House of Representatives. So uh, the speaker is facing uh, with an anvil over his head and a sword at his throat, the risk of losing his job as Speaker of the House. Late yesterday, The Washington Post reported that uh, some of these Republicans, Matt Gates and others, are going to move early next week to oust McCarthy as speaker. And they're pointing at Tom Emmer, the number three in the leadership Republican congressman from Minnesota, former talk radio host, and saying that he should be the next speaker. Now, Emmer is a McCarthy loyalist, and he's got his hands up. He said, not me. I don't want anything (laughs) to do with this. So we'll see what happens. But all this is happening right now as the country's focused on the lack of good governance, frankly, in Washington, D.C. And what will the immediate impact be? Well, the immediate impact will be that come Monday, uh, really Sunday, hundreds of thousands of federal workers would be furloughed. But most acutely and most depressingly, Congress appears set to let our military down in a way that it hasn't in quite some time. Last night, the House passed a full-year DOD appropriations bill. But again, that's not going to become law. That's the mechanism to have paychecks flow to the troops. In the past shutdowns that we've experienced that we remember most, what, you know, member, uh, Perhaps the best, right? There were there are three in the last couple of decades. There was a 1995 in Bill Clinton and Newt Gingrich's era. Uh, there was another one, I think, around that time. Uh, there was one in 2013 where Ted Cruz read out of green eggs and ham on the Senate floor. That was about Obamacare. And then in 2018, there was a fight between Donald Trump and congressional Democrats. And ultimately, it ended uh, because at the end of it, it lasted for about four weeks. Members of the TSA started calling in sick. Because why should they have to go in right. to the airports and not get paid? And uh, members of the air traffic control people uh, said that they were going to do the same, which would have crippled aviation. And that meant a great deal to Donald Trump. So he struck a deal. Uh, right now, um, the way things are, uh, it's not clear how this is going to get resolved because any kind of short-term measure that the Senate might send, first of all, it doesn't appear the Senate will pass it ahead of the deadline in the first place. And by the time it gets to the House, the question then becomes, what does Speaker McCarthy do? Does he put it on the floor or, or does 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 he not? And at the moment, it appears he, he's not interested in doing it. So we'll see. It's like the Keystone Cops. Well, it doesn't appear as though they have a plan. If they had yeah. a plan, we would we would see it. We would know it. And uh, there's a lot of talk from McCarthy that he's got this plan, but it, it hasn't manifested in a way that makes any real sense to any of us who've been around a while. So we'll see what happens. Okay, we'll be we'll be watching for tomorrow at midnight, and then I'm sure we'll be talking more about it on Monday if yeah. it does in fact happen. With the proviso that anything can happen. Absolutely. So I'll keep my fingers crossed. Thanks, Stephen Portnoy. Appreciate yeah. it. Let's get back to some of the stories coming out of the KFI 24-hour newsroom. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's 
Actually, dozens of planes flying over Huntington Beach for the Pacific Air Show. We're expecting a couple hundred thousand people on the beach each day. Pacific Air Show Director Kevin Elliott says 48 military aircraft include the U.S. Air Force Thunderbirds, Army and Navy parachuters, and an F-22 Raptor demo team. As for civilians... We're going to have the OC Fire Authority coming through doing a water drop with one of their tankers. We'll have Tom Larkin flying the Subsonics mini-jet, which is just a little bit bigger than a go-kart. Plus Red Bull aerobatic helicopter pilot Aaron Fitzgerald. You will see a helicopter go upside down. So you'll see loops and rolls and all the standard aerobatic maneuvers that you see in airplanes, only I'm going to do it in a helicopter. Jet Waco pilot Jared Lindemann flies a 1929 biplane with a Learjet engine strapped on. So that allows us to uh, have positive thrust to weight ratio and we can actually pull it up on a vertical line and stop and hover. And there's not many airplanes that can do that. Pilot Scratch Mitchell flies one of two T-33s. We do head-on crosses, high adrenaline type things, missing each other by mere feet at over a thousand miles an hour. The show runs 10.30 to 4.30 today through Sunday. At Lion Air Museum in Santa Ana, Corbin Carson, KFI News. Oh, we've got another shooting on Metro. A man is in the hospital after he was shot at the Metro C Green Line Station in the Vermont Vista area. LAPD responded to the light rail station at 1120 last night on South Figueroa. Uh, There were reports of shots fired. They found the guy in the parking lot with gunshot wounds. Again, he was taken to the hospital. We don't know his condition. A jury uh, has found a man guilty of trying to kill two L.A. County Sheriff's deputies in Compton. Jurors convicted Deontay Murray yesterday on 10 counts, including three counts of attempted murder. On September 12th, 2020, Murray walked up to a sheriff's patrol SUV at a train station and opened fire. Three days later, Murray was found barricaded in a home in Linwood. A woman who allegedly beat up a 13-year-old at a McDonald's in Harbor City has been arrested. Investigators say tips from the public helped find the woman. The beating earlier this month was caught on video. The girl attacked says it was totally unprovoked. The second Republican debate held in Simi Valley had the lowest viewership since 2015. Data shows just over 9 million people tuned in Wednesday night. Yep, I was one of them. That's a big drop from the first debate last month, which drew more than 12 million viewers. Former President Trump did not show up at either debate, and some candidates expressed their frustration that he was not there. The Anaheim City Council has new reforms following a federal corruption investigation into a shady deal to sell Angel Stadium, which caused the mayor to resign. Councilwoman Natalie Rubacava says a plan to keep emails longer and restrict personal device use is important. I do agree with you. If somebody's going to break the law, they're going to do it anyways, but we still have to do something about putting safeguards in place to prevent any accidental, you know, lack of reporting or maintaining records. The city this week also moved to hire more employees to handle public records requests. Authorities in Pakistan say at least 52 people celebrating the Prophet Muhammad's birthday have been killed in an explosion. Nearly 70 others were hurt. Two people were killed in a separate explosion at a mosque in northwest Pakistan. The U.S. Equal Employment Opportunity Commission has sued Tesla, alleging the company engages in racial discrimination and harassment. The lawsuit filed yesterday in California comes after an investigation into Tesla's treatment of black employees. The EEOC says the company violated federal law by tolerating the widespread and ongoing harassment of black employees and by retaliating against employees who complained. Okay, I told you earlier it's National Coffee Day. Here's where you can get goodies. At uh, Coffee Bean, app users will automatically be entered to win a contest for free daily beverages. One one person's going to get uh, free coffee for a year, and then 60 
will get uh, daily beverages through the end of this year. Duncan has partnered. Oh, God, Swifties, listen up. Duncan has partnered with Little Words Project on a collection of four Taylor Swift style bracelets with caffeine affirmation messages. They're dropping today. Also, rewards members get a free medium or hot, uh, hot or iced coffee with a purchase today. Dutch Brothers has a special. They've got some special drink more coffee hats and also a buy one, get one free. Krispy Kreme, you can get a free medium coffee, hot or iced, and you don't have to buy anything. That's today. Pete's, I love this. Pete's has a disloyalty program. It'll allow customers to use points from other coffee shops to get coffee from their shops. And uh, Wendy's is giving away small coffee with any purchase, and that's today through Sunday. I got my caffeine. I hope you get yours. It's needed. Oh, and it's it's apparently good for you, too. The L.A. County Sheriff's Department is investigating vandalism done to some cars in Ladera Heights as a hate crime. At least eight cars had swastikas spray painted onto and carved into their cars. Uh, More than 45 million student loan accounts will be active again starting Sunday, October 1st. The payments were paused for most borrowers during the pandemic. A dog stolen from a woman at a 7-Eleven in North Hollywood has been found in Orange County at a sober living home. When the tenants were confronted, they took off. The dog's been returned to the woman who was attacked on Tuesday. At 6.05, it's handled on the news. The UAW is expected to announce whether it's going to expand the auto worker strikes to more plants across the U.S. But right now, from halfway around the world, let's say good morning to ABC's Jordana Miller in Jerusalem. What time is it where you are, Jordana? It's about 3.25 in the afternoon. Oh, so you didn't even Our have to day get... here is... <laughs> I didn't have to get up early for you. Yeah, well, <laughs> well, we're glad you made the time for us. So uh, diplomatically speaking, you say this has been a good week in the Middle East. Tell us what happened. Yeah, there's been a lot of momentum building around that possible uh, breakthrough of a normalization deal between Israel and Saudi Arabia. Uh Now, it has to be said it's still going to be a long and winding road, but we saw some firsts this week, which are encouraging signs. First of all, the Saudis sent, uh, for the first time uh, in 50 years, more than 50 years, a top official to the West Bank to discuss a possible deal between Israel uh, and Riyadh with the Palestinian Authority. Uh, They basically presented the credentials of the new ambassador to uh, Ramallah, uh, though he won't be residing there. He'll be residing in Jordan. Nonetheless, it's an important development because the Saudis are going to be representing the demands of the Palestinians in this deal. And they really came to reassure the Palestinians that they you know, are not going to be sidelined and they're going to try to get uh, as many Israeli concessions uh, that they can for the Palestinians in this deal. Uh, the Palestinians were essentially left out of the deal that Israel recently signed a, couple, a few years ago with the UAE, Bahrain, and Morocco. So the Palestinians trying this time to be part of the negotiations through the Saudis. Having said all of that, they're not going to get, you know, uh, something as uh, grand or as important as, uh, you know, major steps towards the Palestinian state. Um, but they may get, for example, some transfers of land that is currently under Israeli control uh, in the West Bank, have that transferred to the Palestinians. The other obstacle, of course, is the very right-wing government of Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu. He's going to have to really 
put his foot down to try to get this deal done because his far right partners, you know, or don't like any 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 concessions. But all steps are good steps, right? I mean, in this region, any you know flick on the radar <laughs> uh, that moves us out of you know uh, entrenched conflict and towards any signs of hope is a good one. But we don't know if um, if that will actually come to terms. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see. Okay, and then something else that happened this week is that Israel reopened a crossing with the Gaza Strip. What does that do? Right. So there were for more than for almost two weeks now, there were uh, ongoing uh, ongoing protests at the Gaza border. Uh, They turned, you know, very violent. At least one Palestinian was killed. Tons of acres of farmland were torched. Um, And Israel finally decided to reopen the Gaza border and let almost 20,000 workers in. The Qataris also came through with some aid. Uh, So. We believe now that that is the end of that kind of cycle of violence. If you remember a few years ago, back in 2018, 2019, uh, you know, hundreds of Palestinians were killed at protests there that lasted almost two years, weekly protests. So I know that we don't hear about it that much, you know, because it's halfway around the world. But you were talking about the protests. Are they kind of just ongoing all the time and they flare up sometimes or do they stop for a while and then restart? How does that all play out? No, so they actually stopped for quite a while. Uh, We haven't seen sustained protests day after day for more than two years. It was a tactic that Hamas, the militant group that runs the Gaza Strip, employed to put pressure on Israel uh, when there were other things going on. Uh, that might have been uh, issues here in Jerusalem at the contested holy site, the Al-Aqsa Mosque compound. Uh, it might have been um, other issues going on in the northern border. Uh, so this is kind of a trigger that uh, Hamas pulls, uh, you know, when it sees fit. And that's what it did for almost two weeks. Uh, we saw those daily protests. And you're right, they don't really make headlines Unless, of course, they turned really deadly, which they have in the past. Uh, probably the deadliest day, you know, recently, in recent times, was the day that the U.S. Embassy uh, moved officially and reopened opened here in Jerusalem under President Trump. You know, there were dozens of Palestinians killed that day at the Gaza border. Okay. Well, baby steps. And like I said, all steps are good steps. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time, Jordana. And uh, thanks, Amy. Have a great weekend. All right. We'll talk to you soon. Let's get back to some of the stories coming out of the KFI 24 hour newsroom. Wages are going up for fast food workers in California. Governor Newsom has approved a $20 minimum wage for fast food workers. The average wage in California for fast food workers is currently $16.60 an hour. Newsom says there are more than 550,000 workers that will see pay hikes. 80% of the workforce. These fast food places, 80 percent are people of color. The pay hikes will go into effect in April. The law signed yesterday also creates a fast food council that could raise wages each year through 2029. In downtown L.A., Blake Trolley, KFI News. News brought to you by Rooter Hero. Three members of a burglary crew have been arrested as they allegedly left a home in L.A. that had been broken into. Detectives from the L.A. County Sheriff's Major Crimes Bureau and members of the newly formed Organized Retail Theft Task Force had been watching the crew. They say a search of the getaway car turned up stolen items, burglary tools, a family portrait from the home that was hit, a couple of Rolexes, and some jewelry. 
Former President Trump is set to speak at the California Republican Party Fall Convention in Anaheim. He'll be joined today by South Carolina Senator Tim Scott and Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, who are also running for president. They'll be speaking at different times. Businessman Vivek Ramaswamy, who's also running, is set to speak at a luncheon tomorrow. The convention runs through Sunday. Uh, did you hear Confucius Day? I love that. So it always reminds me of this one. Confucius Day, man who runs in front of car gets tired. Man who runs in back of car gets exhausted. All right. Right now, let's say good morning to our very own house whisperer and host of Home with Dean Sharp. Dean Sharp. Dean. You know, the yeah. thing about your joke is it that, was bad. Uh, well, okay, it was cute. Uh, but I just find it amazing that uh, Confucius knew what a car was. That's that's the thing. Ah, think, see, think yeah. about that. Uh, he lived like 2,500 years ago. So well, that guy was smart. He yeah. was smart. Okay, so Dean, let's, uh, let's talk about what you call the most universally important room in the house. Yes, the bathroom. <laughs> totally. <laughs> it is important, right? I mean, it's well, just yeah. one of those things. There's no avoiding it. There is no avoiding the bathroom. I also love this uh, this little gem. I share this every single time we talk about bathrooms because it kind of sets up how important they really are to us. We're all imprinted, you know, uh, emotionally uh, with uh, a certain vibe towards bathrooms. And I think it tracks all the way back to the fact that, think about it, the bathroom is the very likely the very first room that your parents ever officially allowed you to go into and said, please shut the door, learn to function in there on your own, shut the door. It was the first room you were allowed to retreat into uh, with the door shut and uh, with everybody's permission. And ever since then, the bathroom still remains that kind of a thing for us. You know, I mean, whether you just need to get a break and you've set your bathroom up as sort of a spa retreat or, you know, you're at a party or at a restaurant somewhere and the conversation is lagging or you're just like, oh, geez, how do I get out of this situation? Oh, you know what? I've got to go use the restroom. You don't have to actually have to go to the bathroom, but you go because you know it's a place. And once you're in that little stall, for as long as you're there, you own that space. And so bathrooms are really, really important to us, emotionally speaking. And I think we've finally in the design world come full circle uh, with residential bathrooms and people really see them for what they are. It's not just a utilitarian place. It's a very important place to us. Oh, yeah. My my friends just, uh, they built a house and boy, their bathroom is beautiful and they spent all this time figuring out the tub and the shower and the tile and the wall tile and just everything because it is, I mean, it's just this beautiful space. So tell us if you have a, a bathroom that's kind of uh, old and outdated and is, as you call it, an owl, how can we turn it into a wow? <laughs> give us, give us well, some examples. All right. So, uh, you know, right off the top of the list, um, if your if your home was built in the 80s or the 90s, there's a very good chance that it's got some kind of like overly fancy, big old jetted spa tub, Ooh, gigantic platform. Right. Yeah. And uh, whether it now, how often do you use it? Let me ask you that. I mean, are you do you do you take, you know, long baths and just enjoy that time? And if you I do, do you, do you use the jets? Okay, so the jetted tub is up in my house in Portland, but okay. um, I do have a tub here, and I know I never use it. 
Okay. Most people I don't. I used to Most- when I was younger, but I, I just don't. It, like the, the, the idea of, <laughs> I, I dated a guy one time who told me, I just can't imagine sitting in my own dirt. And since then, I've not gone into the tub again. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, that's the thing. That's the thing. Showers really are a superior way of cleaning yourself up. And most people don't bathe in a bathtub. They soak. Yeah. They they luxuriate. So in other words, you know, you, you know, you know, you'll take a shower first and then, and then you'll in the get tub. into the tub. And, you know, so it's a very spa thing. And the, the issue I have with the old jetted tubs is not only do they take up after that whole platform is built out, um, a tremendous amount of space in a bathroom that you otherwise might want to use for other things. Maybe you want to increase the size of the shower. Maybe you want to fit a sauna in there. I mean, who knows what, but a jetted tub and its platform take up so so much space. Plus, it doesn't really prove out in practice, even if you are one who likes to lounge in the tub. You see that kind of a sprawled out in a magazine and, you know, there she is. She's got her candles and her bubbles and everything. And then you realize, you know, if I turn the blower on in this tub, all of a sudden the peace and the zen in this bathroom just turns into just white noise. There's a machine blowing in the bathroom. All right. So what's so, a better idea? Uh, the better idea is where things have really gone, which is losing all of that. If you're thinking about doing a bathroom remodel, keep the tub, but to do a freestanding tub, really big, beautiful, elegant, freestanding tubs take up, you know, just a third of the space. And of they're that big- so cool looking now. Like you, it, the, the clawfoot tub is like the traditional one, but now they're just like these big basins of just beauty. <laughs> They are. They are. They come in every shape and size. You can go back to the, you know, the, the vintage clawfoot look, the slipper tub, what we call it, because it rises up on one side, a little more support for your back. But uh, there are contemporary versions. I mean, literally any uh, time period, any style you can get a freestanding tub for and you will save a tremendous amount of space in the bathroom and get a much, much more elegant look. And I would argue a much better uh, luxuriating experience in that tub. So that's just one example. Another one is if you've got a really, really small bathroom and we're remodeling, we encourage people all the time, let's lose the shower door. Let's lose the glass around the shower. And the reason is uh, not because there's anything wrong with shower glass. It's great. It's awesome. But uh, it's one more thing to clean. And if you replace it with a really elegant curtain, then when that curtain is open, all of the airspace, the volume of the bathroom that is in the shower belongs to the rest of the room. Uh, and so the room feels larger. There's no avoiding the fact, even if it's crystal clear glass, that if there is a wall of glass there, you're subdividing the bathroom space. And in a small bathroom that already is cramped for space, uh, that only, uh, you know, encloses it that much more. I feel trendy then because I have a shower curtain. Okay, I want to move to toilets because we talked about toilets very briefly last week. And we you mentioned wall-mounted toilets, which I said yes. scare the crap out of me because I'm a... <laughs> That's right. You said I'm, you had a fear of them. Well, because I'm afraid if you put one in your house that it would, you know, you'd sit on it and it would break and fall down yeah yeah not not at all the case uh if you if you ever see a wall mounted toilet uh before it's been installed you see that that toilet is not just some you know little piece of porcelain bowl that's somehow bolted into the bottom of the wall it is part of a unit that goes almost floor to ceiling in the wall itself it is bolted into studs the bottom plate the top plate in other words that thing is going 
absolutely nowhere. And in, what's the in, benefit in, of having a wall-mounted tub versus a floor, or not tub, uh, wall-mounted uh, toilet versus a floor-mounted? Space, oh. visual space. When you think about the fact that the tank uh, behind your toilet is is uh, is making it the bowl stick out about 12 inches out into the bathroom. So when you've got, again, a small bathroom, uh, number one, a wall-mounted toilet allows that whole bowl to move closer to the wall. You'll save about 12 inches of walking space in front of it. Plus, you got space underneath it because there's no foot. And cleaning a bathroom oh. where the toilet is floating above the floor, oh, it's a whole different experience. Okay. And even if you don't stand in that space, if you see it, your brain registers it as spaciousness. Okay, I like that. And then uh, one other thing is you go from ow to wow, you, you, squishy seats are out, huh? Oh, yeah, squishy seats. <laughs> <laughs> with the little patterns and the embroidery on them sometimes, yeah. you know, yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. squishy seats are out. All right. So Instead, what's in? Yeah. Bidet seats. Bidet seats are the thing. In fact, I would tell everybody, anybody who's remodeling a bathroom, whether you are into a bidet seat or not, if you're thinking about resale or the future, you should actually wire an outlet behind your toilet so that it is bidet ready. All right. And uh, we're going to have many more ow to wow uh, examples that you're going to share this weekend on Home with Dean Sharp. And that's from 6 to 8 tomorrow morning and then 9 to noon on Sunday. You got it. He's our house whisperer. Thank you so much, Dean. Thanks, Amy. Right now, let's say good morning to ABC's entertainment guru, Jason Nathanson. Jason, with AI making such a splash, worries about how it could take over the world and such. Talk to us about the creator. Yeah, it's an interesting, timely movie, and it's interesting how these things come out because Gareth Edwards, who's the writer-director of it, who did Rogue One, the Star Wars movie, which was very well-received a few years ago. Oh, Jason, I got I to gotta interrupt you for just one second. I'm so sorry, but we're just getting this that uh, Diane Feinstein has died. So just wanted to let you know. We'll bring you more information as it comes in, uh, but we just got that word and wanted to let people know. Okay. Sure now, how do we sh switch back? But um, sure. <laughs> anyway, back to the creator. Yes, that stuff. But um, it is uh, it's interesting because Gareth Edwards, who was the the writer director of the film, started making this four or five years ago. And you know, you think about the time four or five years ago. Sure, AI was a thing, but not like it is now. In every headline on every you know uh, the page, we're all talking about it. Chat GPT and those things, and that didn't exist when he made this film or started writing it, at least. So for it to come out now, it's just interesting how the cycle of movies go. This is about it's a sci-fi kind of action war film about a guy uh, played by John David Washington, who is an ex Special Forces agent in this war against AI. AI has become very powerful. They, they're basically robots who are very human-like, and there are a lot of issues ethically with when it comes to AI um, and the issues surrounding this. So this explores all that, and when it's doing that, I think it's a fascinating look at things. Um, I think it's a fascinating uh, kind of study of what's going on and, and where we are. Um, but also, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a good action kind of sci-fi movie. My only problem with it... it, it didn't hit for me on an emotional level oh. um you know it's the kind of thing where i think by the end you, they want you to be in tears but uh, for me I, I i wasn't um but a lot of the stuff surrounding it i found very very interesting you know it's really interesting to me is that they've already got this movie and it's out and like ai 
and we've already we've had thoughts of AI, but like ChatGPT and real AI in our everyday lives, it's been around for less than a year. Yeah, and, and you know, this year has been huge when it, AI at the forefront in the strikes in Hollywood. Um, you know, with, with the actors and the writers, and so for this movie to be coming out, it's just it's kind of it's almost creepy the timing of it. Um, you know, like AI, it's something that AI could have done. Um, but that you know, it's it, that's also a lot of movies come out, and you think, oh, that's definitely a reflection on the pandemic or something like that. And you know, it's just the life cycle of movies. Usually, it's about seven years from when it's some, something started to when it hits the screen. So it's never really talking about the moment that you think it's in. Um, but a lot of things just are reflected in society. Hmm, okay. So, uh, what's new streaming this week? Uh, a couple things. You have Gen V, which is a spinoff of The Boys, which is the on Amazon Prime, it's a really raunchy superhero show. You know, if you have the Marvel version of superheroes, which is kind of clean and sanitized, uh, the, the Boys imagines a world where if superheroes were actually real, how debaucherous that they would be. Um, <laughs> this spinoff is set in a college for young superheroes. Um, so you can imagine where things might go there when you have really kind of raunchy superheroes. Um, it's just like it's, it's, uh, it's older brother. It is very, very funny. It is very, very raunchy. It is very, very bloody. Um, I made the mistake of sitting down to eat lunch while watching the first episode and <laughs> do not do that. Okay. Um, but I should have known from the boys that that's not a smart decision anyway. But um, I really liked it. Okay. And if you're a fan of the boys, I think you're going to be a fan of Gen V. Awesome. Jason Nathanson, thank you so much for your time this morning. We'll talk to you next week. All right, take care. All right, take care. Let's get back to some of the stories coming out of the KFI 24-hour newsroom. As we mentioned just a minute ago, Senator Dianne Feinstein, a vocal advocate of gun control measures, who was known for trying to find common ground with the Republicans during three decades in the Senate, has died. She was the oldest member of the Senate, the longest-serving female senator, a senator and the longest-serving senator from California. Dianne Feinstein was 90. United Auto Workers President Sean Fain is expected to announce new targets in the strike against GM, Ford, and Stellantis. Workers are going into their third week of the strike. Last week, Fain announced the strike had been expanded to 38 General Motors and Stellantis plants in 20 states. Ford was spared because of progress made in negotiations. He's expected to make the announcement on whether they're going to expand the strike more at 7 this morning. The LAPD has used a drone 10 times in the last year during official operations. Most of those calls dealt with people barricaded inside homes and buildings. Even though we gave approval on 14 uses, it was only actually deployed 10 times because the incident was resolved prior to the SUAS being used or we came up with a different type of option. Deputy Chief Dave Kowalski says the second most popular call for drones is major traffic collisions. He told the police commission this week that there have been no injuries or officer-involved shootings during a drone call. Steve Gregory, King of Fine News. Okay, and uh, one last next one last thing. Uh there is a bathroom app called Rest Space. It's only in San Diego right now, but kind of caught my attention because when you're out and about and you got to go, you got to go and where are you going to go? So you can always pull over and find a fast food place or maybe a gas station which can sometimes be a little bit sketchy, but this app is called Rest Space. They're calling it kind of an like an Uber for the potty. Uh, prices start at $15 for 15 minutes. They kind of lost me there. But apparently it was very successful during Comic-Con because 
restrooms may be in short supply. Uh, this is, again, unique to San Diego right now, but there are some other uh, toilet finders around the world. Called There's one called Toilet Finder. There's a Flush Finder and also in the U.K., the Loo Finder. be interesting to see if it expands here. This is KFI and KOST HD2, Los Angeles, Orange County. We lead local, live from the KFI 24-hour newsroom. I'm Amy King. This has been your wake-up call. And if you missed any of Wake Up Call, you can always listen anytime on the iHeartRadio app. You've been listening to Wake Up Call with me, Amy King. You can always hear Wake Up Call 5 to 6 a.m. Monday through Friday on KFI AM 640 and anytime on demand on the iHeartRadio app. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.